Yeah. Ooh. Look at me. Live. From Ari is back from vacation, but still not joining the show. Palooza. Woo. There's a lot of Paloozas when you're in your headers. It's yet another Manic Monday edition of Business Pants, joined by the lord of the BS, Matt Muscardi, who's very proud of himself for... It looks like he's sitting at a little table, like at a... It's like I'm at a cafe. Off-brand coffee shop. <laughs> I'm at an ESG cafe. Yeah, ESG cafe, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what I said, off-brand coffee shop. In today's... Chalky ESG high five called May 22nd, 2023. Sexy story update and a BS inspired look at succession planning. But yeah. Yeah. That you didn't hook anybody with that. <laughs> yeah. You want to do it. Not going to lie. Hook them. Oh, I'm not going to do better. I'm not. Okay. It's not going to get better. So when I through say our it. data, through the lens of our data, our proprietary data only available here. Well, I mean, available for sale, though. It's not like we're hoarding it. Yeah, for anybody it. who wants it. It's, it's not like we're holding on to it for deal life and not giving it away. But we're going to give you our it. vision of succession planning, Our how our numbers help you tell a story about succession planning. Right? I hope that's what you're doing. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> Okay, we'll let's see. see. We'll, we'll see, see how this turns out. Let's, let's just jump it. right in. You ready? Yeah. In no particular order, as always. Unfortunately, I'm starting with the woke data wars. Oh, again? Look, when publicly traded companies get dragged into this, we stupidly report on it. I'll try to, I'll try to go quickly, but... It's going to be hard for me not to take the bait. Adidas faces backlash over woke swimsuit advertisement. So I guess... uh, Wait, this is not Martha Stewart? This is Adidas. That was Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I'm just confused because there's so many woke swimsuits now. Adidas features features, uh, supposedly what appears to be a biological male wearing a woman's one-piece swimsuit has ignited a backlash. Okay, but actually, I don't even care about that part. I just want to talk about the woke data wars in general, because this is what CBSnews.com, this is what they call a backlash. This is business reporting or news reporting. Okay, (laughs) they they are using citations from Twitter users like Lisa Renee, who said, we women will not be erased. Quit trying to replace us with male models. We fought hard to be heard. <laughs> Quit attempting to erase us again, blah, blah, blah. That's Lisa Renee. Matt, she has 45 followers on Twitter. <laughs> so what are we really are doing we, here? What are we doing? What is CBS we, News contributing to here? Is There, there is no woke backlash. You, there is no backlash to, against Adidas. If you have to literally look for a backlash by searching for anyone who said anything negative and then report on that no matter how many people care what are we doing and let me creating and let me give me another example of that because this is going to make me uh, rethink all of our woke data war segments here's another one disney's indiana jones turns woke with latest development that's the headline okay okay and here's the example they're citing in one scene indy 
you know, Indiana Jones says, you stole it. And then another character says, then you stole it. And then a third character says, and, well, it is a woman, the third character. Okay, I warn you. Boo. She says, and then I stole it. It's called capitalism. <gasps> okay, and then the article says, this dig at capitalism made many people angry, some of whom said that, they, that that joke at capitalism made them not want to see the movie. Uh, so they're, they're pointing to see the movie because of that. <laughs> yeah. So their, their idea here is that the Walt Disney company, I guess is a nonprofit all of a sudden they're a socialist nonprofit all of a sudden because of this joke. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know that there actually are woke data wars. I don't know. Matt. I don't know. Is any of this real? I mean, I feel like we're looking for a reason to be annoyed about everything. Yeah. That's where we're at. So yeah, I guess it's real. I guess Disney is now let well let's define what Disney just became. Disney is a nonprofit that wants everyone to be gay mm-hmm. and um uh doesn't like any traditional values and would like to rub rainbows in your face. That's pretty much what it is, right? Let's let's apply your theory to this next one. Here's the here's the headline. Exxon goes woke. Oh, now, <laughs> wait, I, I'm going to warn you. I'm waiting for this. <laughs> I'm going to warn you. That's my headline. I made that up. Oh. But here's the story. Exxon joins hunt for lithium in bet on EV boom. According to the article, uh, Exxon, so the Wall Street Journal, is quietly l- looking for producing a, the mineral in Arkansas, bracing for a future far less dependent on gasoline by drilling for something other than oil. So has Exxon gone woke effectively, Matt? Ah. Right? They've gone woke, no? Vivek's whole, like half of his presidential campaign is dig for oil and burn it. Like he said, burn it all, right? So what's Exxon up to here? Why are they doing this quietly? Well, uh, yeah, quietly. That's a good point. Well, because, I mean, maybe they don't want to rub the rainbows in your face. Maybe they just want to put the rainbows in their back pocket for when the world is less rainbows. Well, okay. Supply demand. Two things here. One, I'm waiting for the backlash. Two, if there's not a backlash, can we create the backlash somehow? Can we can yes. we start to generate the idea that Exxon has gone woke by predict by planning for a future that might not include gas and oil? Can we lay that Here's seed? Here's what I want to say. That seed? Yeah. Exxon, in your shareholder proposal, you said not one week ago that it's highly unlikely that there's any scenario where we're going to get to net zero. You said that to shareholders Mm -hmm. and now you're going out and, and actually using shareholder resources to dig for something that only matters if there's a net zero future. Right. If, People want to spew less carbon. They want electric cars. Yep. What are you doing? You've got full on woke. What are they doing? This proves mm-hmm. that the ESG assholes at engine number one, mm-hmm. putting environmentalists on your board, worked and made you fully woke and change your business model from being an oil and gas company to something that the leftist globalist Sorosy types. Yeah. How dare you you diversify? How dare you? How dare you try to buy a mineral that has more value in the future today where you think it has less value? How dare you try to make more money someday into the future? By the way, you should be drilling and burning stuff now. Burn it all now. By the way, is it a coincidence that diversify has diverse in it? Is that a coincidence? That's not a coincidence. That (laughs) is terrible, terrible, terrible portending of the future. 
All right. Finally, uh, to wrap up this horrible segment on the Woke Data Awards, how about this? How about the fact that uh, the headline is that Anheuser-Busch was stripped of its perfect rating by LGBT org for its response to the Mulvaney backlash? How about the fact that Anheuser-Busch had a perfect rating from the human rights campaign? Uh, and their corporate equality index, they, all the Bud Light drinkers, they've been drinking perfect rating beer, perfect LGBT. How about that irony? Do you love that? Well, I mean, what, what is a hundred? <laughs> they were drinking a hundred percent gay beer forever. No, I'm serious. One hundred percent. It's amazing. Beer. How about the fact yeah. that they had a perfect rating? Perfect. I mean, and that that wasn't like new, right? It's been multiple years. No, been perfect, right? So perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, up until now, the gay juice tasted just fine until yes, you put just a gay great. until you put a gay on the can. Somebody who's like LGBTQ plus on the can, and then it tastes like terrible. Yeah, nobody wants that. All right, let's move on. I'm really this is the worst myself. segment ever. I think. <laughs> Let's go to our non-apology tour. Oh, uh, Tesco chair to step down. That's John Allen. He's stepping down following claims of inappropriate conduct toward women. Uh, I guess it wasn't so bad because he's waiting to step down at the annual meeting on June 16th. Oh. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> uh, I did it. But I, I really, I should stick around to make sure. But how about this? This is from the Wall Street Journal. Allen, who has, uh, he's been a, a chair at the company since 2015, uh, has denied three of four claims about his conduct toward women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That, and he says- That was the fourth. And he says, it is with regret that I'm having to prematurely stand down uh, following unsubstantiated allegations made against me, blah 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 blah. Again, uh, he uh, three three of he apologized for three of four. Wait, uh, he denied three of four claims, Matt. So one of them he's clearly taking responsibility for, and yet he and Tesco are saying that none of this has been proven, and yet he's still being let go. He's prematurely stepping down because the fourth. How about how, what a load of? I mean, this is not the biggest <laughs> load of bullshit you've seen. How many is, is like at what point is the number so large that it's really hard to believe that none of the things are true? But with all, but already one of them is true. Well, he he didn't say it was true. He's just saying that the three others are false. So you're <laughs> okay, but, you're implying but, that that but means you the get other to, one's true. You get to say that it's all baseless and that you shouldn't be stepping down. Well, he's not. He's staying. He's sticking around until the end of until his term. June sixteenth. <laughs> but I mean, okay. But look, what what decision is he going to make between now and June sixteenth? That's so important. He has to be there. Okay, but what, what are we going to? Haven't we matured beyond this? Where the, the corporation is clearly asking him to step aside, and yet not no one's at fault for anything. Like, are, are have we not moved beyond this? No one's at fault for three out of four things. Uh, okay, someone's I just, at fault for the fourth uh, one. Why do we have to protect? Don't know who. Why do we have to protect John Allen? Why? Uh, I don't. I, just, I mean, he seems like a, he's a he's a white man. All right. Okay. But whatever. <laughs> According to our board, Sabermetrics data, they have a pretty sizable female power gap. Forty-two percent of the Boards represented by women, but hold only 25% influence. Well, that explains why he can stick around until June 16th yeah, cause, instead cause of leaving right the now. The women who are there, who are almost half the board, don't really have much of a say. You have to imagine they're sitting there being like, 
can you get out? Yes. Can you just get out like but right like, now? And he's like, yes, I doing? could, but you don't have any influence according to uh, Free according Float. According to Board so. Saber Metrics. Yeah. Free Float says, I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to stakeholders rule. It's a story that you sent me over the weekend. I don't, I don't even know how to talk about this. I feel like this is, we've jumped the shark. This is a satire gone crazy. I don't even know what this story, I don't, I don't get any of this. A DEI executive, uh, her name is Bo Young Lee. She's the head of diversity at Uber. She was placed on leave after hosting an event about white women who don't like being called a Karen at Uber. Aww. So the co- so just so you're clear, the historical context of, of a Karen is a white woman who is being a racist a hole, making you know, false accusations against black people. That's that, that's where it originally termed. And so she held yeah, a... I think that checks out, yeah. She held, at a public corporation, she held a, a forum to, to, I guess, be kinder to care. Well, I, what do you make of all this? I don't, I don't, I don't under, understand. I can't follow what, this. I, well, I have to back up, and yeah. I don't understand the forum itself. Yeah. Like, what are we achieving with the forum itself? It was called, according to the New York Times, it was called an exploration of the Karen persona that featured white women speakers. I guess it's like they're so, airing their grievances. So is that was that an opportunity for white women who were racist to stand up and say, "This is what I feel." Yeah, like back and off. Then, I'm sad. Like leave me alone. And then for diverse people in the audience to be like, "Boo!" I suppose. Like, I suppose. <laughs> like, how does that? It's I mean, truly bizarre. The whole thing is ill-conceived to begin with. Yeah. But also, like, I don't really totally understand why you place. Bo Young Lee on leave. Either. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I, uh, this is that was the, the the culmination of what I'm getting at to here is that I'm assuming that in the chain of command there aren't that many executives above her. She's the head of diversity. She probably reports to either what the CEO or the head of human resource. Who do you think she reports to? I don't know, but I mean, they're, someone they're else had seen these formatively in the C-suite, right? But someone has seen these the the emails announcing the meetings. Why is she the only oh. one to blame? Right, like yeah. what? Again, like this is we talked about this with Anheuser Busch and Moore's and um, Molson Coors. One of unless them supported of course, their their worker. Yeah, go ahead. Unless of course it's a token position to begin with, and they're patting her on the head and go and saying go do some diversity stuff. Yeah, and they care so little that they're right. not weighing in. So there's two possible there's two possibilities here, mm-hmm. right? One is that they knew, and they vetted it, and now like they're making her out to be like a, a, a racist diversity candidate. Right. Or two, they didn't know because they didn't care. Didn't care. In which case, what was the point of having her there in the first place if uh, yeah. you don't really care about diversity? This, this is why I bring it up because we are like teetering on this edge in 2023 where we just had this announcement from the CEO at Target, Brian Cornell, saying that DEI is basically, over the last nine years, is basically responsible for our growth. Yeah. And yet, and yet, we had the opposite reaction, which is a bunch of companies that have DEI but don't care about it. When we have the conservatives fighting against trying to get rid of, it. so what? What? What is happening, Matt? Like we're right on the precipice here. Like who's going to win uh, out? What's going to win out here? Well, I I think there's a there's a the subtext here. Mm-hmm. I mean, look if if she was a white man 15 years ago, mm-hmm. giving a talk about anything at all having to do with company culture. And he said at the time, like, we don't want women to like rise up and take all the jobs, do we? Is there outrage like there is today? We are 
the way we flip immediately on a diverse person right who might say something that sounds vaguely racist against white people who are the vast majority mm-hmm. of people in these positions the way we flip out is sort of a little outsized like shouldn't it just be like okay well, you guys had your shot to be racist. Can we be a little racist sometimes? Can we say some stuff that that's actually real sometimes instead of like coddling you white people because you need coddling? How about I, th- I mean, how about from a company like Uber too that uh, was built on a, a complete a hole of a CEO founder who broke every rule known to the international world, and they put this woman on a leave of absence just like snap it a you know a snap of a finger How not about to that? mention they they haven't made any money at uber yet well that's true They're still right. waiting on that <laughs> moving on let's get the ceo's rule let's try to get out of this and hand it over to matt uh, i have a few normal ceo rule headline mark zuckerberg's fortune has soared by an astounding 44 billion dollars this year the biggest gain of any billionaire how about that mark zuckerberg's still at it uh, he's still there meanwhile in in ironyville uh, Meta was fined. They, they got a $1.3 billion fine by the European Union. That was announced today over concerns that Facebook data transferred to the U.S. could be used to spy on European citizens. Uh, Zuck, Mark Zuckerberg is warning that that record fine sets a dangerous precedent when the Internet is already fracturing under pressure from authoritarian regimes. <laughs> That's what he's warning about. He's he's concerned about authoritarian. The audience had the right reaction there to laugh that, at Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, that's pretty good. The that's biggest dicta- dictatorship in all of tech is still on the hands of Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, and he's he's upset that there's authoritarians elsewhere that aren't him. I guess, and, and really to call the whole European Union authoritarian. I mean, this is a body of, of, you know, I don't know how many countries. Is that, what he, now, meant by the, is that yeah. what he meant by the authoritarian regimes? Like, well, I think that's it, what he's, I think he's hinting at, right? The EU is an authoritarian body. I suppose. I don't know what he's hinting at. Are they? I mean, I don't know what he's going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Double. Meanwhile, to frighten you even more, Instagram, you know, there's different ways of saying the word, the words Mark Zuckerberg. Colloquially, he's all his nicknames are Facebook, Instagram, and Meta. It's the other ways we talk about him and WhatsApp. Yeah. That's, that's, sure, yeah, and and WhatsApp. Don't forget that too. Yeah. yeah. So when you see business news reporting, that, Oculus Rift isn't that him too? Yeah. When you see reports that Facebook has decided something or Instagram is working on something, just so you know, it's Mark Zuckerberg. So reportedly, he's testing a competitor to Twitter. Oh, yes. Uh, it's called Instagram for your thoughts. We, there's not a name for it yet. I already hate it. <laughs> yeah, not a name for it yet, although it's been referred to as Project 92. Um, but anyway, that's what you have to look forward to, Matt, is a Twitter competitor coming from Mark Zuckerberg. So who do we root for there? Do you root for wow. neo-Nazi Elon wow. Musk? Do you root for dic- the dictatorship of Zuck? I don't know. Uh, European authoritarian regimes, I think, is what I'm left with to root for. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of Elon, I'll just cover this very quickly. Uh, I don't because I don't think we talked about this story because we don't. We're getting really bored of talking about Elon Musk, but he made headlines for, for calling remote work morally wrong. Right? Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, but what about the fact that there is no more remote CEO than Elon Musk? He how many how many companies is he the CEO of? Three or four. Well, 
I think it's more. Isn't Neuralink, Neuralink the boring company? Boring company. Twitter. Twitter. Tesla. Tesla. SpaceX. SpaceX. Um, so and I think there's another one. There's another star- AI startup that he's just fundraising for now. So is he not the the king of remote work? Maybe he does it all from how one desk. You think he flies to each company? <laughs> Well, what do you mean? How could he? How could he not remotely work for well, at least six of those? It is. It is a little bit ironic that a guy who won't pay his landlord for the office space is yelling that's at another, his employees another, for not going to the office space. You're going somewhere actually complicated. Uh, what I'm asking you is there is there not a more remote CEO than Elon Musk? I don't think so. Well, unless you count Richard Branson when he pierced the mesopause. Okay. And, uh, finally, in our, our wrap-up of all the news, all the updates, uh, succession, uh, CEOs rule succession style. We have two big succession stories coming out. Lazard CEO Ken Jacobs prepares to step down, but I, I, I don't have much to say this other than the fact that he plans to remain at the company and continue working with clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know about that one. <laughs> That's called stepping down yeah. now. Also, the bigger one, Morgan, and I think you here to cover Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley, CEO, uh, stepping down, and uh, supposedly there are three men who are leading the leading candidates to replace Morgan Stanley CEO. James Everyone's Gorman. shocked by that. Everyone yeah. is shocked. Will you have something to say about Morgan Stanley? Yeah, let's do this because. This is real life succession without fishing keys out of a toilet and dying as okay. a result. Let's, let's um, do it. So the, the chances that the CEO would not have been a white man, according to Board Sabermetrics, for either Morgan Stanley or Lazard. Now, Lazard, we don't have data on, but at Morgan Stanley, we do have a lot of data on it. Good. Here's some good stats. The nominating committee influence is 39%. It's a pretty was, strong nominating yeah, committee. Let's say, yeah. Okay? The female power overall is 19%. The female power on the nominating committee is approximately 0%. Oh, is that Why? right? Why? Yeah. Because the entire nominating committee is white men. Okay. It is well, a at least 100% they're honest, at least they're honest about it. Nominating committee. Right. Yeah. So the chances that they weren't going to like go with James Gorman selecting a white man to run the company mm-hmm. were pretty low, if we're being honest. In fact, the gender power gap at Morgan Stanley is 10%, as in women have 10% less power than the, their body count. Right. Um, so there's already a big gap. At Lazard, we have no data, but Lazard's interesting for other reasons. We'll come back to them. Okay. There are a bunch of knee-jerk reactions about the lack of diversity. Um, there's, uh, I've read a bunch of pieces about how Morgan Stanley like is choosing all white men and how mm-hmm. could they do that, and their board is not very diverse, and their leadership team is also not very diverse. But... There's another key sentence in the Morgan Stanley uh, reporting, which is Gorman, 64, will take on the executive chairman role right. for a period of time after stepping yeah, down as CEO. Is, so we don't know if that means like to help the uh, power transition or we'll just kind of hang around forever. First of all, if you've done succession planning, do you need the CEO to stay on as executive chair for a power transition? Didn't you do the plan? I would say like for maybe like three or four weeks might be fine. Just to like show where the stapler is and where to get like the, the instant coffee. 
that kind of I thing. I mean, you, you want to show them the perks of your new like executive suite on suite toilet, right? That's it. Yeah, like where the be- really where to get the best club things. sandwiches. Yeah, that kind of. How thing. long does that take? Can't you have a concierge do that? Does that have to be the last CEO doing that? So we actually have um, a slight boomerang alert, a power oh. void alert. Ooh, 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 ooh. Gorman owns 23% of the board influence, yeah. followed by a guy named Tom Glosser. Okay. Glosser. I don't know. G-L-O-C-E-R. Sure. Who cares? Glosser is the independent, lead independent director whose leadiness and independentness has been there for a 10-year tenure, sitting on every committee that, is that matters. Right? Okay. Yes. So it's it's the Gorman Glosser show is what mm-hmm. it is. Is Gorman's he one of the is he one of the people in the running to take he, over? He's not in the running to take okay. over, but he is on the nominating committee. So okay. fear not, the lead independent director is on it. So it's a, so, it's really it's up to Gorman and Glosser here. They're they're in cahoots. Think of them as out. the tandem, right? Yeah. This is the bromance on the Morgan Stanley mm-hmm. board. Gorman's Which, move to executive chair, yeah, effectively means he retains almost all of that power. Yeah, I mean, still being again, still being paid like an executive. It's not like I mean, it's not like he's just there. He's still an executive to the company. He still he's might even executive. be the number one paid employee. Not to mention the fact that they add another insider to the oh. board because you have Ooh. a new CEO coming in, right? And they don't extend the board size beyond that. So you, what you've done is add another insider to the board who used to report to Gorman, hmm, no matter who they choose. Yeah. All right. So right. now the new CEO who will not be chair at the start because you have an executive chair, the power center remains Gorman and Glosser. It's a Absolutely. fake quit. What's yeah. the point? It's a total fake quit. Well, now, I wonder if now because of the examples of people like Bob Iger and Howard Schultz, I wonder if we're not in an era where where that's what's actually those seeds are being actively planted. Like what? Yes, I'm stepping down. But what can I do to keep the door open for myself? Right. I mean, I wonder can we you're referring to it like it just happens to be this way, but I wonder if that's not actually in the back of their minds, right? Like, Oh, uh, it's, yeah. uh, there's almost no chance it's not purposeful. Right, like, right. They have okay. to know that this is how this works out. Mm-hmm. And the boomerang potential, he's already, Gorman's already come out and said, in one of the quotes he has, and I don't have the quote right in front of me, but one of the quotes that he has, he talks about all things, like he plans on stepping down and he's going to be executive chair for a period of time pending what's happening structurally in the market and things that are going on. You might as well have effectively said, I'm ready to be the the CEO. I'm basically taking a vacation from being CEO until something shitty happens. When I have all the power, I've been doing everything anyway. I know what's going on. I'll just swoop back in and be CEO. And get another big, maybe get a big options handout maybe. And get, I mean like, because technically you, you, quit the role right so they can give you a golden hello like yeah, gold, they call that a, nice, a golden hello again uh, paul hodgson <laughs> came up with that one golden hello again golden hello again i think he came so, up with it i'm gonna i'm gonna say he came up with it so if you're wondering like whether or not anything's actually changing the answer is no a morgan stanley it's still the same exact show it's a total fake quit and yeah, gorman's it, poised to come back if anything, it, it, yeah, it, what is happening is that there's going to be a, a, a power confusion, right? And it's and it's letting one man, Gorman, what's his first name? James. Jimmy it's letting, it's letting one man potentially get really, really extra rich by coming back in when the share price is low 
and, and coming in to be the savior, right? It's it, he's he could it's better than Iger because Iger actually left the board and came back right. Well, this not is like yeah. he might stay stick around. Not to mention that it's not like Iger was old, but he was in his seventies. And both the, the Lazard CEO and the Morgan Stanley CEO are in their they're like in their young sixties, right? Yeah, so it, it almost uh, that was the question I had about uh, Lazard CEO Ken Jacobs is that he he's only sixty four. He's still going to be working at the company. What is exactly is going on? Is he just waiting to come back? Jacobs is even worse because Jacobs is in the same exact role as Gorman, except that he has a classified board, which has term limits. Mm -hmm. So you can't even roll the board over to get rid of them if you don't like their choices. Mm -hmm. The lead independent director, he's the only person of color on the board. The only one. And uh, he's a guy named Richard Parsons. We actually highlighted him. Yeah, yeah. Because he he's been he's everywhere. Maybe right? I I feel bad saying this, yeah. but he's basically been in all the worst possible situations you could be in. His okay. board seats. Why do you feel bad? Because it's, it's like his call. I, like sure, it's his call, I, and I think it's proximity to power. But to call him a lead independent director is really hard, considering mm. these are all of his experiences in on powerful boards. He was. On the, he's basically performatively independent. He was on the Madison Square Garden board. Okay, great. Which is a Dolan, Dolan family. family joint. That's yeah. a family-owned so, company. So he has no, no power, no voice. No power, no voice. Doesn't matter. He's on the Estee Lauder board. Oh, even less power. A less Lauder voice. family joint. Yeah. Can you imagine he, listening to Richard Parsons if you're the? <laughs> The Lauder family. I'm no offense to Richard, but that's what I mean. That's why I feel bad. Yeah. No offense, but this is not real. He actually had a one month tenure as the interim board chair at CBS. Oh, another the, family empire. The Redstone yeah. family joint. Are you serious? So he just not, knows. He knows where to go to get a big paycheck to up his without profile without having and, any power. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He was he the interim also, CEO of yeah. the Clippers after Donald Sterling left. He so was the is he CEO? So let me ask you this: as a black man, is he being is he being asked to join companies to clean up some mess? Is that or or like what's the? Well, I would have thought that, except that he was the CEO at, at Time Warner. Okay. Around and he was at Time Warner when they bought AOL, so he helped make the mess there. Right, that buying then, AOL, it's a slick move, yeah. Yeah, then then they had to like sell and they had too much debt and then he left. Um, Jacobs, however, the the current CEO stepping down, he will keep he will keep some role at the company. They didn't mm-hmm. say what. They're not yeah. specifying he'll be executive chair, but they he actually said they were going to keep some clients, which right. means so so big exactly, clients. What, I'm guessing. What is he an employee? He's definitely not like. He's not going to call up the CEO and be like, my client wants to do this. Can I do that? Right. Yes. He was the CEO of the company. Plus, it's not going to keep like free flow as a client. He's he's keeping the heavy hitters. Yeah. That that actually have an effect on the revenue. Right. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, imagine the power he's still going to have if he's still maintaining the relationship with the most important clients at the company. And the way they ended up picking the CEO, the new CEO, who they're mm-hmm. talking about as Pete Orsag, who was that's an not Obama a, it's official. It's not official, is it? It's not official. They haven't announced it, but yeah. everyone's speculating that's who it is. There actually is a guy in the leadership team whose title is president oh. of the company, who's a black man Uh-oh. who basically has all the things, Harvard, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. uh, like every possible experience you could want. But they're going... 
speculating they're going with Pete Orsag instead of the guy they named president. Okay. Why? Well, Why? we don't know. We don't know this for sure yet. But we do know that this is basically a fake quit. Mm-hmm. And the boomerang potential remains high. If you are still there doing a job, the lead independent director has never actually had any power. Like, yeah. who, who's, who are they going to turn to when things go badly? So, well, look, I think we've coined a new phrase, at least in today's episode. It's fake, fake quitting, right? CEO fake quit. It's fake quits. Fake yeah. quits everywhere. Um, so that, to me, is uh, what's going on with the succession plan. Good enough. That's it. Nobody thought that we'd have a real-life boring version of the show Succession. Oh. Wait, what? But we just did. How dare you. <laughs> That's Damien Rollis. I'm Matt Biscardi. We are Free Float. That was Business Pants. Tomorrow, I think we have no corporate theater, or we have one? No, we do. We're, we're uh, speak of the devil. We are, I think it's an episode about Elon Musk, about we all have, the craziness. Oh, yeah. God, I hate it already. Well, we if, have you don't, a if you don't want to hear it, don't listen to it. We have a lot of changes coming up starting in the next couple of weeks for for the summer, but um, we'll tell you about them later. Until then, goodbye.